Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I want to welcome back to the program Mark Pellin. He is the uh, he's an editor over at HeadlineUSA.com, a great place for all of your news gathering operations. Hello, Mark. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Pete. How are you? I'm well, do- I have to tell you, I feel like we've kind of slipped into a time warp here. Really? Why? How so? You know, well, you're talking about just a second ago. Two years ago, all the dangerous right-wing COVID conspiracy theories are coming true. And two years ago, we would have been put in jail for talking about it. <laughs> well, Twitter jail and... <laughs> At least Twitter jail. Google jail and YouTube jail, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I uh, just want to make note of this. I uh, hope everybody is okay and sheltering in place um, because of the uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, are apparently down. So... Uh, Watch out. Yeah, so just in case people need to, uh, uh, that's why they're tuning in to the AM radio in these times of emergency <laughs> when they cannot post their selfies. Um, all righty, so, uh, yeah, we have, first off, we had the Energy Department come out with its report about COVID uh, origins, and they said we have low confidence that uh, it started as a lab leak in uh, Wuhan at the in- Wuhan Institute of Virology, which um, everybody, like, there were a couple attacks that were, launched on that report, uh, which was number one, what does the energy, energy department know about this? Uh, but also, they said low confidence. Uh, but all of the other agencies that weighed in on this over the last two years, when they have identified themselves, most of them have not, but they also call it low confidence, but they peg it to the the eating of the pangolin uh, tongues or whatever and the bats at the wet markets, the zoonotic uh, explanation. You always, always got to blame the bats. Right. That was a go-to. That was a go-to fault. Right. Which was always well. See, I, at first they were talking about the bats, but then it became too close to the WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, too close because the bat lady was doing all right. the coronavirus research at the WIV, <laughs> and so then they were like, oh, "Okay, well, maybe it's a pangolin," or they had like these all these other animals i've never heard of and they were all in the wet market peeing on each other and dying next to each other and sharing the blood and i don't know yeah. maybe engaged in relations so it's all transmitted everywhere although they could never identify where the original uh animal where patient zero was right which apparently was complete nonsense from the from the very beginning according to the fbi director christopher way ray which we have, let's, uh, we've got the audio clip. Chris Farrell has the audio clip here. Let's take a listen. This is the FBI director, Christopher Ray on Fox News. Uh, the FBI has for uh, quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Let me step back for a second. You know, the FBI has folks, agents, professionals, analysts, virologists, microbiologists, etc., who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID, uh, and the concerns that, that in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, uh, the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government-controlled lab that killed millions of Americans. And that's precisely what that capability 
uh, was designed for. I should add no, yeah. that, uh, that our work related to this continues, and there are not a whole lot of details I can share that aren't, aren't classified. I will just make the observation that the Chinese government, seems to me, has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate uh, the work here, the work that we're doing, the work that our U.S. government and, and close foreign partners are doing, um, and that's unfortunate for everybody. Right. So headline to me here is FBI Director Christopher Wray, uh, anti-Asian racist. That's the headline <laughs> to me. Um, right. So I was going to go with that, Pete, but I offered for the safer, you know, <laughs> you know because he, he finally admitted the truth everybody knew for a long time. And, you know, Pete, what gets me the most about that statement is just the insidious nature of him saying that blaming the Chinese government for thwarting and obfuscating the truth, which is exactly what he's been part of for the last two years. Well, now, the FBI has this, they have maintained this position, right? When they came out, it's been a while, but when they came out and they said it most likely came from the lab, like they, so they were listed with the energy department stories as well. So we knew the FBI was on board with like, with, with this origin theory, but they're, they're also low confidence, right? I mean, they're like, but this is, this is the best explanation because of course it's the best explanation. Of course it is. I mean, all of the people that got sick that worked at the lab and they were going in and like, well, it could have been the flu. Yeah, or it could have been the virus that just so happened to erupt right out of that same region and then spread all over the world after the uh, the Lunar New Year celebration or whatever it was. Yeah, it was either that, Peter, they all got, like you said, bit by bat penguins. Right, or they, yeah, maybe, well, maybe they thinned out the bat soup. They thinned out the bat soup to such a degree that they were able to infect, like, everybody within three miles or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the, the, the real insidious part about this, Pete, is that they've somehow convinced and coerced um, the mainstream media and most of social media to go along with um, promulgating this lie. Mm-hmm. And it, it's proven to have real-life implications and impacts. I mean, people have lost their jobs, lost their positions over this, lost their, their family incomes over this. And well, yeah, it's just more and more you feel like Alice in Wonderland where all these uh, alleged conspiracies are turning prophetic. It's, uh, as I said the other day when the Energy Department uh, report came out, which, by the way, the Energy Department is, is uh, uh, supremely qualified to actually do the research on this because... Like they have the Livermore Labs or whatever it is. Like this is that, right. like that's what they do. When you can't figure something out, you take yeah. it to that lab. And so, uh, like those are the expert people. And so, I I kind of have some faith in what they did. But it's so the explanation for the reaction um, at the time when the lab leak theory was being developed and information was was being compiled. Um, it was just it was Johnson and uh, and this war. That's the reason why we had to you know fire everybody and we had to attack you guys. This was what I saw on social media. These lefties who promulgated the 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 uh, this idea that if you think that the lab leak theory has any validity, then you must be some tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist, and it's your fault that we can't have this discussion because you are terrible. And uh, we had to take the opposite position because you're terrible. This is what yeah, we not, were told. And not only that, Peter, not only were you told that, but you, you were punished and censored and suppressed if you spoke anything other than the regime-approved narrative. And that's just scary. Yeah. Well, there was, I just saw there was a story that, has, uh, that is moving now at the Telegraph, 
at the UK Telegraph. Uh, they're now doing their own version of the Twitter files, which is not the Twitter files, but it's the uh, the lockdown files. Mm. And apparently, they've gotten a hold of the WhatsApp messages that were being circulated among all of these uh, ministers of health or whatever Orwellian name they call them over there. And they talk about how they were they were making their decisions based on goals that were not public health related. Like one of the goals was I wanted to have all of these guys, uh, I want to have all these tests, COVID tests, all these tests. And if we lock down the nursing homes, then we're not going to have as many tests. So let's not lock down the homes. Like, sure. like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like that's, you quarantine the vulnerable and unlike, you know, New York where that didn't do that. And same thing happened where lots of people died and they were making these, uh, they were making these decisions based on things that were not public health related. Right, Pete, which kind of fed the beast, too, because then you have all these, uh, the, the surge in, in COVID deaths, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, it really is an emergency. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we have to take these draconian measures. Yeah, what was really hypocritical to me is um, our staff writer, Ken Silva, covered the House committee meeting last night mm-hmm. on the China influence. And you have Democrats on, on that committee just ripping China for their extreme lockdown prevention measures, and <laughs> vaccine mandate measures. Well, these are the exact same policies that they've embraced and, and promoted uh, since the beginning. Yeah. And, and it's, 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 it's obviously now becoming apparent that it was a bogus lie. Yeah. Uh, Mark Pellin, editor over at HeadlineUSA.com. The headline on this headline story is FBI Director Ray admits COVID started in the Wuhan lab. Uh, Mark, good to talk with you as always, sir. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of the COVID and a uh, couple things we have now learned, there's a big write up at uh, New York Post by Marty McCary. He is a MD and uh, a professor at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. He is the author of The Price We Pay. He had a big piece at the New York Post going over the 10 myths told by COVID experts that are now debunked. In the past few weeks, a series of analyses published by highly respected researchers have exposed a truth about public health officials during COVID. Much of the time, they were wrong. To be clear, public health officials were not wrong for making recommendations based on what was known at the time. That's understandable. You go with the data you have. No, they were wrong because they refused to change their directives in the face of new evidence. When a study did not support their policies, they simply dismissed them and censored opposing opinions. At the time, the Center for Disease Control weaponized research by putting uh, putting out their own flawed studies in their own non-peer-reviewed medical journal, MMWR. And, of course, this is what governors, like our own governor in North Carolina, my good friend Ray Cooper, uh, this is what he relied on and his... Health and Human Services Secretary uh, Mandy Cohen, who I have heard has got it going on, according to the hit tune. Um, this is what they cited at the very beginning and all throughout the pandemic, particularly on the on the issue of masks. Um, I talked to John Sanders from the John Locke Foundation numerous times. He did deep dive meta-analysis of all of the studies that the Department of Health and Human Services of North Carolina were citing as the reasons for the masks, 
for the mask mandates. And they did not prove the necessity for masks. There weren't any of them. All the studies that they were citing, first off, there were none. There were like no random, uh, randomized controlled tests. None, uh, none of them, which is like the gold standard for testing. They they weren't using any of this stuff. And as Marcari points out, we have known some of this stuff in the case of, for example, natural immunity, which I think we covered last week. Big new study that came out last week at the Lancet that looked at 65 major studies in 19 countries on natural immunity, and they concluded natural immunity was at least as effective as the primary COVID vaccine series. The scientific data was there all along. 160 studies, despite the findings of these studies violating Facebook's misinformation policy, it was there all along. But then Facebook would restrict them. You couldn't share them. You couldn't talk about them. We have known this since 430 BC, since the Athenian plague. It was observed that those who recovered after infection were protected against severe disease if reinfected. That was also the observation of nearly every practicing physician during the first 18 months of the COVID pandemic. Most Americans were fired for not having the COVID vaccine already had the antibodies that effectively neutralized the virus. But they were antibodies that the government did not recognize. So that's misinformation number one, natural immunity. Right? They said it didn't offer the protection that the vaccinations do. And it was not true. It was not true. And they knew. We knew going back thousands of years that it's not true. (laughs) Like all of a sudden, we just started ignoring that. And I got more. All right. Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice? Are you looking for a military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old school, traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim. He'll hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time. American made because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear, Old Grouches on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. The shop is open Monday through Saturday and all the time at oldgrouch.com. On Twitter, at Pete Callender. That's the the handle there. That's the name there, at Pete Callender. And um, the email, Pete at thepetecallendershow.com, which is where I have uh, the following messages. This one is from Tim. and Tim says, Pete, regarding the Wuhan lab uh, leak. I saw on the interweb a T-shirt that says, "I need a new conspiracy theory." All my old ones have come true. Fair enough. Um, and Stan, let's see here. I don't know. Does the uh, yeah okay? Stan says, with all the government entities and regulatory agencies now coming out and stating their determinations about a lot of things being true that we've all known for years were true and having low to moderate confidence in those determinations, we welcome them to the party as we have had low confidence in anything they've told us for years now, but better late than never. Oh. Um, yeah, that's not so. I don't know. No, I'm checking. Oh, wait, I just heard something. Because it deserved the red shot. There it is. Boom. Stan, sorry. And and here's another one for Tim. There you go. Uh, all righty, so 
10 myths told by COVID experts now debunked again by Dr. Marty Macari. He is a professor at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, and uh, he's a doctor. School closures reduce COVID transmission. Nope. CDC ignored the European experience of keeping schools open, mostly without mask mandates. Transmission rates were no different, evidenced by studies conducted in Spain and Sweden. Misinformation number three, myocarditis from the vaccine is less common than from the infection. Public health officials downplayed concerns about vaccine-induced myocarditis or inflammation of the heart muscle. We now know that myocarditis is 6 to 28 times more common after the COVID vaccine than after the infection, at least among males ages 16 to 24. You are not in a high-risk demographic there. Males age 16 to 24, right? You are more likely to get the myocarditis from the shots than from the infection itself contrary to what we were told initially. Another misinformation. uh, Young people benefit from a vaccine booster. Boosters reduced hospitalizations in older, high-risk Americans, but the evidence was never there that they lower COVID mortality in young, healthy people, mainly those under the age of 50. White House pressure to recommend boosters was so intense that the FDA's two top vaccine experts left the agency in protest, and they wrote scathing articles on how the data did not support boosters for young people. Misinformation number five, vaccine mandates increased vaccination rates. Nope. President Biden and other officials demanded that unvaccinated workers, regardless of their risk or natural immunity, be fired. They demanded soldiers be dishonorably discharged. Nurses be laid off in the middle of a staffing crisis. The mandate was based on the theory that vaccination reduced transmission rates, a notion that later was proven to be false. But after the broad recognition that vaccination does not reduce transmission, the mandates persisted and still do to this day. Number six, COVID originating from the Wuhan lab is a conspiracy theory. We've already covered that. Number seven, it was important to get the second vaccine dose three or four weeks after the first dose. I must admit, I was not aware that this was also misinformation. According to Dr. Macari, data was clear in the spring of 2021, just months after the rollout, that spacing the vaccine out by three months reduces complications rates and increases immunity. Spacing out the vaccines would have also saved more lives when Americans were rationing the limited vaccine supply at the height of the epidemic. Remember that? Rather than uh, pushing everybody to go get them in three weeks or four weeks, we could have actually rolled it out over a three-month time period and people, more people would have been able to get their first dose and then wait a couple months and get their second. Number nine, data on the bivalent vaccine is, quote, crystal clear. That was misinformation. And uh, number nine, one in five people get long COVID. Not true. It's actually about 3%, according to a U.K. study. Uh, that had symptoms lasting 12 weeks. So what explains the disparity with the CDC claim of 20%? It's often normal to experience mild fatigue or weakness for weeks after being sick. And if you're not active and you're not eating well, which is what we were all doing while we were locked down. 
They called these cases long COVID, and he says that is the medicalization of ordinary life. What's most amazing about all of this that was conveyed by CDC and public health officials is that there's been no apologies for holding on to these recommendations for so long, even after the data became apparent that they were wrong. A mea culpa, an apology by those who led us astray, would be a first step to rebuilding that trust. But instead of... Right. Instead of um, apologies or or shifting. And I've said this now for the better part of a year. I understand if you made mistakes in in, you know, uh, adopting policies and in the response. But you have to acknowledge after the fact whether the, the policy or response worked or it did not. And if you refuse to acknowledge that it didn't work, that things didn't work. And so you had to change because you recognized it didn't work. If you refuse to acknowledge that, that becomes undermining, right? That that now destroys your credibility. Look at we uh, Governor Cooper. We got Mandy Cohen. And I remember, you do too probably, the summer of love. Remember the summer, yeah, the summer of COVID love, not the not the riots and all of that stuff. No, it was it was we love the we love the governor and the governor loves us and we're all doing a fantastic job. Well, yeah, remember remember this chart topper, twenty twenty one, governor, and thank you for your leadership. Oh yeah, that's right. Thank you, governor. I'm grateful for your commitment to ensuring our state moves forward responsibly, based on science and data. Oh yeah. Your leadership and the collective efforts of North Carolinians have prepared us to move into phase two. Thank you, Dr. Cohen. Appreciate your leadership. And uh, we're grateful that you have put these numbers together. And it's something that uh, the people of North Carolina can see for themselves. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Governor. I'm grateful for your steadfast leadership. And as we confront this challenging time for our nation, I thank you for your commitment to equity as we work to protect the health and well-being of North This is all we got. Thank you, Governor, and thank you for your continued leadership during these unprecedented times and challenging times. Governor did great. Oh, yeah. I express our gratitude to you, Governor Cooper, for your steadfast leadership during these most challenging times. Thank you, Governor. And thank you for your ongoing leadership and for the decisive actions that you continue to take to help protect North Carolinians during this pandemic. Yes, sir. Thank you, Governor. Uh, The Governor was right on the money with what he said. Thank you, Governor, and thank you for your leadership. Thank you, Governor. Thanks to your leadership, we've been taking aggressive action, and the good news is it's working. Thank you, Governor. Thank you for your leadership of Team North Carolina. I I think you did a great job, Governor. Thank you, Governor, and thank you for your leadership. I don't think I could say better than the Governor. Thank you, Governor, and thank you for your leadership. So continued stability in these trends is a real positive for our state Mm -hmm. and a testament to aggressive early action taken by the Governor. Governor did great. That's all we got. Over and over and over and over and over again. Every single decision was the perfect right decision every single time. Thank you for your leadership, Governor. My good friend Ray. Batted a thousand. A hundred percent of the decisions were right. That is quite the record.
considering all of the misinformation that he had to sift through, and then follow, right call every time. Also, I want to point out that in that montage uh, of the all of the praise that they were heaping upon the governor and themselves and such, uh, the mutual adoration society, as it were, all of those clips were unique sound bites. I did not play any of them again. They weren't there. There was no doubling up of them, and I did that. That was during the pandemic. Those were all from the governor's press conferences that he was doing. And I would just mark the tape every time they started complimenting. And I had more. I had even more than that. But remember when they had the uh, the big push over the summer for everybody to get, I forget, it was it was either, I guess it was 21, and they were trying to get everybody vaccinated, and they were doing all of this, like, uh, they, they had like a branding campaign. I don't even remember. It was so silly. It was like the summer of something or other. Summer of vaccination, something. And... Uh, And so that's why I said that would be the theme song at the time. Not to be confused, not to be confused uh, with the uh, Scott Buffington hit tune, Mandy Cohen's Got It Going On, released a little little bit prior to uh, the vaccine rollout. This was, so this was back before we even had the vaccines, but, but, you know, the, the praise and worship of Mandy Cohen was full throat from a lot of folks in the left and Scott here uh, out of Durham. I mean, I think he spoke for a lot of people or should I say he sang for a lot of people. Are they going down, Mandy? Tell us. Will there be enough masks and gowns? No shots yet, just masks and gowns. Got this virus trapped in your matrix. Not all of heaven's angels have their halos affixed. Wait for it. Which was amazing to me that he didn't go for the Barry Manilow tune. All right. All right. So there you go. That was Scott Buffington. Oh, it goes on for like another two minutes. I won't subject you to that. I have before, but not again. Um, this was this was what we got. Will there be enough PPE, masks and gowns, right? Got to mask up, got to mask up, got to mask up, got to mask up, got to mask up. One of the largest and most comprehensive studies on the effectiveness of masks found they do almost nothing to reduce the spread of respiratory viruses. The study reviewed 78 randomized controlled trials and found wearing masks, quote, probably makes little or no difference for the general public no matter what kind of mask is used. Even N95 masks considered the most effective at filtering airborne particles showed no clear benefit even for healthcare workers. This from a study published by the Cochrane Library, a world-renowned medical database famous for high-quality reviews. 